Episode 30. No shit. Dirty 30s. Oh my God. You've done it, Patty. You've reached your dirty 30s. I'm dirty. Of the podcast world. Watch out. You feeling dirty? So dirty. Together they make up the band they call the wind and the wave. They're not related. Uh-uh. They're best buds. Uh-huh. They're BFFs for life. Hashtag BBIT dubs. It's the Dwight and Patty Show. The Dwight and Patty Show. It's the Dwight and Patty Show. It's Dwight and Patty. Hey, welcome to episode 30 of the Dwight and Patty Show podcast. Listeners. We did it. We did what? We're still doing it. I know. When are we stopping? I don't know. This is your thing. I know. Maybe, maybe like two more, and then we we hang them up. We hang up the boot. We we hang up our our playing boots. Thirty two. Yeah, thirty two. Like you know, time for Botox. Time to put ourselves in the barn. Do I need Botox? Bit. I'm not gonna say you don't need Botox. I don't not need it. <laughs> You're very good at the double-double negative. I like it. It makes no sense to me. It does make sense. It, it communicates a different thing than a positive, the double negative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we have no new Patreons this week. We have n- no new emails, though I do have a stack of them. We'll okay. go through them on the That's next good, episode. That's good, because I know for sure there's some you haven't read. I have 30 of them Great. sitting there, but... I can't do them because we've had guests the last two weeks. That's true. And we have a guest this week, too. But I think we should we should still maybe tackle one or two. I think we can. I think we should. Well, okay. But let me just say this. Yeah. I'm super angry that there are no new Patreons still. Okay? Well, have you told the people that you're working on something new that you're going to release? No. What am I working on? I don't know. Have you given them an incentive to sign up? Yeah. My my fucking time with the podcast. Real quick. That's the incentive. I know. Real quick for all the people who haven't. Who gets the the songs? The the Superbots and the High Rollers. The Finnish songs. Finnish songs are the High Rollers. Superbots and High Rollers get Finnish songs. Okay. So what do we have finished that they can have access to immediately when they sign up as a Superbot? Rescue Me, Father... Rescue Me, Father, two brand new original tunes. God Love the Unlucky's coming at some point, but it's been too busy to get it. We have a third original tune. Does God Love the Unlucky coming? There's a demo of it already available. The demo's up. Super bots. But even the patties can get the demos. Um, Yeah. So you're missing out on a lot of shit. All those have demos up there as well. Yeah. And you know, here's the other thing. People, when when I give everybody shit on here... Or mm-hmm. you shit. Right. Or anybody shit. I'm joking. I know. People don't always seem to get that. But that's okay. Because I can play things super straight and super serious. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, he's serious. Not serious. Never serious. Okay. Let's do one email. Okay, let's do And it. it's from our favorite asshole. Do I even have to say it? Our favorite asshole. Period. Who is? <laughs> His name is John. Johnny, yeah. Hello. So you know. He Hello. emails us a lot. Yeah. He was he's probably our number one emailer, which we appreciate and hate at the same time. 
Hi, Patty. Hi, Dwight. I'm amazed you're able to keep a podcast going while stomping through Europe being badass, shit-kicking rock stars. You two really are the complete package. Anyway, I'm super bored at work right now, so I thought of yet another amazing question for you. No charge. (laughs) Recently, Ozzy Osbourne... And in the past, other musicians have complained about politicians using their music at rallies. If someone used your music uh, or offered to pay for it, would you consider that positive exposure? Would it depend on the politician? I realize this question is a house of cards sitting in a minefield on a slippery stone. And obviously, I'm not trying to start a heated political discussion or civil war, so let's try to keep all answers as general as possible. This message will self-destruct in 10 seconds. <laughs> my mind is an endlessly Johnny. And then he says, P.S., laughing my ass off about fighting me because I threatened to kick his yeah. ass. Yeah, I know. I remember. On his last email. And I still threaten that. He's cheeky. I'm still threatening to kick his ass. Um yeah, I obviously I, don't I, want some asshole politician using a song of mine. I err on the side of like staying staying clear. Yeah, but far I will away. say that people have challenged that in courts, and there's not much you can do about right. it. I mean, like people can play whatever song they want to, and whatever. That's the whole freedom of speech thing. There's some copyright stuff if it's a public rally and shit like that, but you know, people are going to use what they want to use. Like when Bush used, you know, "Don't Stop." thinking about tomorrow and you know obviously Fleetwood Mac was like hell no and he was like yeah well I'm doing it Mm -hmm. so like you know I think people just do what they want and um, you know maybe if a few people that I'm not aligned with politically hear our music maybe it can change their 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 opinion on some stuff if they listen to songs about loving yourself and loving other people maybe they can listen to some some uh, different thoughts on the whole idea. Also, if a conservative politician was using our mm-hmm. music, he would be using a person with a Mexican passport's music, and I would actually kind of get a kick out of that, out of the irony of that. True, true. Dual citizenship me right Me being here. the one with the Mexican passport. No, me. Yo soy, yo, yo, me namo es duito, como estas, um, la biblioteca es roja. Cállate, niño. Cállate. <laughs> so, um, we have a guest today. On the show today is our good friend who, let me say a few things about him. Nice things? Let me say a few things about Accurate him. Accurate things. Let me, let me just say a few things about <laughs> him. I met this man when I produced one of his uh, old band's records. He wasn't a man. Was he a man then? He He was a... Young man. He's a young man? Okay. He was a young man. Um, and I produced one of his old band's records, which was called Kiona. And I love that record. Fantastic it's record. so good. That no one did anything with or listened to except for us. But we all <laughs> love it. And um, he's an incredible guitar player and keyboard player. He's also an incredible tap dancer. He's a poet. He is a poet. He is a poet laureate. Yeah. I think is what they would call <laughs> that. Quiet. He is he is someone who you can ask to do any oh he's a you know he's a uh, literally he's not a Tony award winning Broadway star right. but he is a Broadway star 
<laughs> um, starring in such things as West Side Story and Chicago and many other things. You can literally throw anything at this man like, hey, go juggle on a unicycle, and he will go juggle on a unicycle well, too, not just like in an average way. It's surprising. He is part of our touring band. He is one half of the Bumble Twins, and uh, he's our good friend and lover, Scott Prince Garrett Graham. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Do you All have right, a- thank you. Good night. That was it. <laughs> I appreciate you guys for showing up. Scott, yeah. do you have a poem up your sleeve right uh, this very moment? Um, like a different one? Mm-hmm. Like any, like any poem. I mean, give the people the I, give the people I, two stanzas. Oh. Give the people. I had it set, and you ruined it. Get, oh, okay. Give me what I want. Give the people two stanzas of a poem. Yeah. <clears throat> um, this is written by you, correct? Yeah. Okay, two stanzas, though. That's it. No, no. Okay. They'll give them the whole thing. Well, the, I mean, the only one I can think of is the, the one from tour. Yeah, Just what okay. you need to do. do sure. Yeah. Uh, the clock whispered to the star what he assumed to be true. You'll never live as long as I, as he struck a glorious two. So saying this with great esteem, the clock went back to work. For quotas, commerce, stocks, and steam are slaves to this perpetual jerk. Okay, stop. Because I'm getting emotional. <laughs> and we need to stop there. Uh, wow. Yeah, I mean. Ladies and gentlemen, if you need to take a moment for yourself, I'll, gu- I'll give you that moment right now. That was good. Shh, I like it. Daddy, give him a moment. <laughs> it's deep, man. It's really deep. Okay, I'm back. It's that deep, um, you know, I left out something about on his intro. Zip your Scott pants is, back up. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Scott is a uh, super talented actor as well, um, who's been in you know Pepsi commercials and the Super Bowl and all kinds of things. He can literally do. He, there's nothing he can't do. <laughs> Are you good at math? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he is. That's pretty, that's and, pretty good at math. Yeah, and. Well, I think that's why it works with music. Can you so draw? Well. Uh, a doodle, sure. He's I had a, a playwright. You forgot that. Yeah. He well, wrote. Well, I was going to get into all right, that. Okay. I was, just. I had, a, I had a series called Sketchadelics. Oh, for a while. I'm sorry. You're the only person that can talk. I forgot. Oh, wait, wait. You had a series called Sketchadelics? What's yeah. that? Just a, a, a brand of like doodles I was messing with. So I was trying to just make them as a like. A brand. A brand. I mean, of course, he's got his own coffee table book. Does it surprise you? <laughs> no, it does not. Uh, Available in Claire's everywhere. Um, yeah, Claire's. That would make sense. So one thing we like to do on this podcast, Scott, which you don't know because you don't listen to our podcast. And let me let me say one thing about that. Okay. What's wrong with you? Uh, I mean. You work a job where you could put in our podcast while you're making cases. I mean, clearly he misses us. Yeah. You could. You could listen while you work. Yeah. And brighten your day. It, and I will. Will you now go back and start the podcast and catch up to your episode? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So here, this podcast starts like this. After I've introduced you, mm-hmm. you're supposed to say some nice things about me. Oh. I don't know if Nick mentioned that to you. No. You're supposed to say some nice things about me. So this also caught Nick off guard. So. Oh. Yeah, well, it catches everyone off guard. But I, I figure, I mean, if you like me, like a lot of people do. No, I mean, some people don't, but a lot of people do. That that somewhere at the forefront of your mind should be some nice things that you think about me. 
So go ahead and say a couple of nice things. I usually do three, but I'm going to allow you just to do whatever you need to do. Um, uh, and don't say anything nice about Patty. We don't do that. Okay. Fair enough. Um, well, I will say how much your interest in, I guess, me as an artist and kind of taking me into your wing, I guess, more or less. Kind of, to be blatantly honest, uh, sort of rescuing me from this purgatory of not being productive in music back, I don't know, what, four years ago? I was literally, I think, in between plays, maybe, and wasn't really doing a whole lot, and kind of had this moment of, like, what the hell am I doing? And I think literally that day, within less than an hour, you had texted me asking me to be in the band, or to join the touring band, and how much that really kind of set me off on this new course. Awesome. Yeah. No, for legit. I mean, do you think you manifested? You're like an angel from heaven, right? Uh, in some ways. Do you think you manifested that? Like, I don't think I did, but I think it was manifested, yes. But that's a whole other conversation. Well, here we are. Here, that's what we do. That's what we that do we, on a podcast. We, we have a conversation. <laughs> what manifested it? Do you believe God? You believe in God, correct? I do. Do you believe God manifested that for you? I think there's no other explanation. Because, I, I mean, I was digging ditches in my, my day job, boss's day job, whatever. Right. Uh, in his backyard. Um, I hated where I was artistically, like as an artist. Um, I was kind of overdoing plays in Austin and not getting paid. And sure. I was getting good roles, I guess, but like I just was bored. It wasn't really going anywhere, I guess. And Your other band had slowed down or stopped, right? I mean, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, and on my, yeah, on my knees covered in dirt, I kind of just like looked up and I was like, God, what the, f-? like, I mean, I may have said the F word. I don't know. But hey, um, say what you need to say. I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing here? What's going on? And then I, I can, kid you not, 45 minutes later, you texted me. That's crazy. I'm like, I'm not joking. Yeah. I, th- I find that the universe works in mysterious ways this way. I say universe, you say God. It's all the same. Same thing. I feel like I, I feel like I can hear people thinking about me. <laughs> the whole ears burning thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Happens to me more than I think it does other people. Sometimes I'll text somebody and they'll go, I was, I had your name up and was starting a text to you. <laughs> that, ha- that And that doesn't happen like a little, that happens a lot. Yeah. That happens a, a lot of times. Um, I feel like I can feel someone either reaching out to me or like going like, oh, I wonder what D's up to. And mm-hmm. then I think, oh, I should reach out to them. And then that reconnection is made. I will say that before I reached out to you about the band thing, I had, I had I had I discussed Scott with you, right? Yeah. I think we discussed it for a couple of weeks before I reached out. Hmm. So I think I was confirming a tour and everything, and then once I confirmed it, it was like, okay, I, I don't want to do all the electric anymore. I want to just play acoustic. And, sure. And um, you were an easy person to reach out to because you're a gentle soul. You're quiet, which works with Patricia and I. As you notice in our travels, even in a bus, it's real quiet. <laughs> it is. And um, that's the way we like it. We call it quiet cab traveling, and we uh-huh. like it that way. That's great. Um, what do you think? Well, look, we also like to take it back. Mm-hmm. Was guitar your first instrument, or was keyboards your first instrument? Guitar. What age were you when you picked up a guitar? 16. 
And what town was that? <laughs> Shreveport, Louisiana. Shreveport, Louisiana, which is where you were born? Uh, yes, but not where I was raised. I was raised in Kingwood, Texas. And then moved to Shreveport in high school, right? Yeah, uh, about 15, 14, which is something. A, which is a, even though Kingwood's a small place, it's nothing like Shreveport. It, Sounds rough. Is it, it rough? It's, Shreveport's it's, rough, it's, yeah. R- yeah, riddled with poverty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Poverty, but also the the cowboys there are tough and, yeah. you know, it's just a like tough Cajun town. Yeah. Sounds like there's not a lot to do there. No, but there's like a huge gambling community though. Like the the, mm-hmm. the positive thing I will say about Shreveport is like the people really Strong embrace. Community. Yes, they embrace each other. Okay. There's a lot of love, but there's just that's about it. Okay. So you played guitar in high schools when you started. Yeah, well, having no friends, it was it was easy to do. And two years <laughs> after that, you moved to LA, correct? Uh, more or less. Yeah, had I mean, you played in any bands? I had a high school band. Yeah. Okay. What was it? What kind of band was it? It was a. It started out as like a christian worship kind of band that turned into like christian rock and then it turned into just we were like i mean we were all still christians more or less but right just dropped. musically it was just christian it was so, just rock and roll after that. right yeah then you moved to los angeles which yeah, ate you up and spit you out correct uh, yeah pretty much yeah it was two months after i graduated i i left didn't tell anyone i thought it was really funny yeah um including your girlfriend yeah yeah um, you didn't tell your girlfriend you were did, leaving? No, I didn't have a girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> oh you didn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> Good one, guys. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. And, and then, yeah, I lived in L.A. for four years right out of high school. And it was, yeah, it was a trip. You were kind of on a self-destructive path in L.A. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, drinking a lot. I mean, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, as, it, as every Were you in some bands old, in L.A.? One band, yeah. Is essentially the same singer and bass player from my band. Oh, they moved in with you. Yep. Okay, so you had some friends there. Yeah, and my sister was there already. Right. My brother was still in San Diego. And then how did you end up here in the ATX? So yeah, after those four years, I yeah, like you said, LA had done its deed with me, and I was ready to leave. My um, family at the time had moved from. Austin, sorry, to from Shreveport to Austin. My dad was done with Shreveport, and he decided retired, to, right? to retire in, mm-hmm. in Austin, bringing along my younger brother, who had already graduated. and still, Also a ridiculously sick musician. Yeah. Thank you. And, um, uh, yeah, it was a great excuse to get out of L.A., because um, I had always heard amazing things about Austin. Had you ever even come here? Did you move here cold? Pretty much. I'd been here once. And I think like I was like a sophomore or junior to actually record an EP with my old old band. Okay. Here in Austin, somewhere, I don't, some guy's bedroom, some house. I don't right. Know. Right. So I didn't really know much about it. No. Um, I don't even know if I had visited my family when they moved. So yeah, I just left and came here. And then, how long after you moved here did you start acting and being in bands here? You've been acting your whole life, though, right? Like, yeah. Well, he's, yeah, he's been... But, I mean, you started doing commercial acting and, and things like that. That was much later on. Okay. Being here. But, um, yeah, I moved here, and for about a year, I didn't play or do anything, except maybe dick around with my brother. Just worked? Just worked, yeah. I, I mean, originally, I came out here to go to school, which <laughs> lasted, like, a couple years. Sure. Um, But, yeah, it was a random coincidence that I, in uh, the streets of South By... Uh, that Todd Sapio, my old friend who I'd met in L.A., uh-huh. walks right in front of me and, and 
where I was able to just like literally shove him with my arms. He had no idea I was there. Ah. And I was like, what the fuck, Tom? Oh, what are you an doing? an old friend that you ran into. Yeah. So I'd met, who was, he's the singer of Language Room, Kiona. Right. Uh, I'd met him in LA years ago at another mm. concert. And we sort of were friends. We weren't like super close, but we would see each other play a little bit here and there, come to parties. But um, yeah, I saw him in the streets of Austin uh, one night. And um, we decided that we would maybe start playing around, maybe. See what how... year was that? Oh, man. Um, 2008, I think. Okay. So then you were in Language Room slash Kiona for how long? I mean, Oof. a long time, huh? Yeah, I think we put out our first EP 2009. And then 2000, what, we did Kiona uh, 2013. Mm-hmm. My old band, we played a couple shows together, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in there. You, I think y'all opened up for our CD release show. Sounds right. At La Zona Rosa 2009. Oh, crazy. That doesn't exist anymore. That place. Do you, do you feel like, I think Patty's on the same page with, with me on this. Do you feel like you were in that band too long? Do you feel like there's a time limit for a band to... There's obviously exceptions with nothing more and things like that that take 12 years to find their footing. But yeah. most bands, if they don't find their footing pretty quickly, don't find their footing ever. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Do yeah. you feel like you were in that band too long or y'all were in that same lineup or doing the same type of stuff for too long? I think we were on that course. I think with our drum, our first drummer leaving and then getting Sean mm-hmm. and then Matt and I already going in a new direction musically right i think it kind of revamped a little bit sure um but i think by then like our fan base had already like pretty much died right mm. but we right. played some more shows under Kiona. if you but, could if you could have if you could revisit that time what would you do differently would you do anything differently yeah. um yeah i i don't think i would have signed with this dumb little indie label that we had signed with out of, I don't know, Detroit or New York or Kiona did or Language Room did? Language Room did. Language Room, the original. And that was kind of a disaster. That really kind of... Mm-hmm. It's stunned. It's stunned your growth, right? It can happen. Yeah. If you sign a deal too early, here's the thing. If you sign a record deal or a management deal before it's really time, and when it's really time is when you're getting so many offers and fielding so, so many it. things that you just can't handle it, like it's too much, mm-hmm. or the contracts are over your head. When that starts happening is when it's time to actually get a team. Yeah. You know, when things are kind of rolling. Start, start If you get it before team. that just because someone, and it's not, it's, again, there's some exceptions, but if just because someone goes, ooh, that's a nice tune or whatever, often it can slow you down mm-hmm. because the hustle you had getting the shows and everything, all of a sudden you start going like, well, that's what my team's job is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they're not necessarily good at that or gifted at that. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of sitting there going, well, we're not playing anymore. Mm-hmm. right?" ultimately nobody cares about your passion project the way you do. Yeah, 100%. Well, I think at the time we were, I think we were on that course. I think we were ready. Um, I mean, we had Nevesky on our team mm-hmm. who was like our fifth member of the band. He's Right. He's perfect for us at the time. And um Matt Nevesky from Blue October, right? Correct, yeah. And he had he was sort of doing like a co-management sort of deal, but that wasn't really his shtick, you know, he was just producer and obviously he had his band. Sure. So he was kind of steering us to this company, this label, 
that he didn't really know much about either. But we got some good vibes from conversations. And they had some money. Uh, yeah. So basically what they said was, yeah, if you come to us or we take you on or whatever, we will match however much money you put into like making the record and we'll match we'll see that with like, you know, online support and touring and whatever. And we were like, okay, great. And we put in went on like thirty K or something, like match that, put us on the road, let's go play. Yeah. That's all we wanted to do. Yeah. And they did none of that. Yeah. I think they booked like one show at the Viper Room yeah. in LA for our C D release. Which you can buy. Right. And that was it. And they did a bunch of like online stuff apparently, but and then all of a sudden, like a month later, they're like, yeah, we, we kind of spent our money and we're not going to spend any more money on y'all. And that was it. And we're just like, so worse. They spent 30K? I guess. Where? I don't Did know. You, you didn't see it. You didn't really no. see it. Cool. It was horrible. So um, that money carrot, it's kind of easy to to get sucked in by that. But I think that the lesson there actually is that Your art is worth more than thirty thousand dollars. It's yeah. it's worth more than that. Sure. You know what I mean? And that you have to think really long term in terms of what you're doing for money. Mm-hmm. Um and understand how small of an amount, even though it seems like a ton to you at the time, thirty K is. And that it, and the other thing is is that if someone doesn't have a track record with bands that you recognize they haven't done anything yeah. at all. But you didn't sell the rights to your music or anything like that. Like that. No. Yeah. Um, I forgot what the deal was. The pub you kept, but those masters they owned. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, sometimes the risk is worth it, but really the risk is usually worth it when you're going with someone who has a track record of breaking young bands. If they don't, it's kind of like someone with money. This industry, I will say the one thing about it is no matter how much money you have, you cannot buy a successful single. Hmm. It's just no matter what anyone tells you, a hit is actually really a hit. Now, money behind it can take it further and make it go stratosphere. Mm -hmm. And poor label work can take a hit and fuck it up. But you can't invent a hit. Like some rich oil guy's daughter can't have a hit because... Just because she has money. Because they have money. It's just not the way it works. But money can yeah. get it to the right ears. Sure. Money can get it... that's what I mean. You can get it to the right the... ears, but whether it goes is actually whether or not it's a hit. True. Right. Well, yeah. and we knew going into all that that our live, or our main thing was live. Like, that's Y'all where... were a kick-ass live band. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that... And the management knew that because they saw us play... That show in the Viper Room, and they were like, "Oh my God, yeah, this is gonna be great!" Blah, right. blah. And so that's all we kept saying was but like, "Okay, but put they us didn't on know tour." What to do from there? Well, so their deal is they had a couple bands in their roster that were not us. They were like basically douche rock, you know, kind of like that. Sure, whatever it is, and they were branching out to try to find like an indie band. Us, so they knew that, how to do rock and roll, but they didn't know how to do right. alt, right? And Which is a totally different thing. Right, and so they would, I think, sent our album to get uh, reviewed by all the same people that they reviewed the other bands. Just right. and they just didn't, yeah, they Which didn't. Metal guys would hate that, <laughs> right? They didn't love right. it, yeah, no. And so I think that was a lot of the feedback they were getting. Right, was like, well, what is this band? This isn't. This isn't. When did we edgy. Wo- when did we work together in that arc? Because I did some language room stuff. Right, you did the. Uh, did I just mix something? What did I do? No, you did our EP. Okay, which became. We used two of those four songs 
in the Kiona record. Oh, okay. We just did four so songs. So I was too. right near the Kiona changeover. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then you started touring, a couple of years later, you started touring with us. Yeah. Um, what are some, we asked Nick the same thing, what are some things that you would tell a young player to be ready to be a touring musician for bands that's not your art? Do you know what I mean? Oh, uh, sure. Fitting in. Um, getting that gig. How do you get that gig? Just be, be cool. Be a good hang. Um, that's exactly what Nick be said. Be cool. <laughs> that's literally what Nick said. Just, be a, first, be a good hang. Just don't be an idiot, man. Like, yeah. do your fucking job. Um, be ready whenever you're ready. Like, whenever they're ready, be ready. Right. Like, don't make them wait on you. Yep. Be... Uh, I mean, accountable for yourself. I mean, I think these are probably all the same things. But um, yeah, just don't don't like hold back the group. Like, as a as a player, what can you do to be more ready to be a touring musician? Just do your homework, I guess. Um, because one thing I've noticed about you is you can play a lot of different styles. And is that from learning other people's songs or learning covers or like how did you become where you could? Play a country tour, or play a wind and wave tour, or play a rock tour, or whatever. How how does a dance a, tour? My yeah. question is because I don't know the answer. How does a musician go from just playing to playing on tour with other people? Like, how do you even do that? Um, I don't know. I kind of just jumped in and figured it out as I went. Maybe, maybe, but how maybe do you that's jump the best. In, jump in where because. Because you knew people? He jumped in with us. Well, yeah. With, that was his first I was, one. I was asked so, to do it, so I just did it. I don't okay. know. Um, so that's because kind of you knew Dwight. Right. Dwight asked well, you. And I'd played in bands. I mean, I right. I know what it's like to play live shows and go on the sort of go on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, we were your first long-term tours, though. Yeah, for sure. Did like, you find the first time you went out for six weeks weird or good, or did you fit right in, oh, fall right in? You, oh, it was awesome. No. You're a nomad. Yeah, yeah. It was great. I mean, I love traveling, so that was easy. I could just pick up and just go. So, Do you find that Patricia and I are as good at touring as you are? <laughs> uh, Why do you ask questions you already know the answer to? <laughs> yeah. I'm asking uh, legit questions I do not know the answer to. <laughs> I think I learned that pretty early with just with Nick. It was like looking at you two and then looking at Nick is like, I'm going to be hanging with Nick a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's Nick's the Nick's the one that's gonna want to go do stuff. He got in he got in the van. Both Dwight and I put our headphones on and like <laughs> shut ourselves away. And he was like, "Hey, my name's Scott. Want to be my friend, Nick?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mom and Dad don't hang out as much as as, as the Bumble Twins, do we? Yeah. Well, that's fine. I get it. Well, I, before you, I'd been on the road for 20 years, and sure. Patricia had been on the road for six or and five at that point. the so. universe brought them together for a reason. No, I agree. Now you and Nick are mm-hmm. best best buds, and you live together in L.A., correct? Yeah. Yeah. So you've moved back to L.A. I have. Is it a good decision? TBD. TBD. No, it, it has been. It's it been, was a good decision. It was. It was. It's been um, a good experience. You're you you needed to shake it. something up, I think, at that point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've been in, I had been in Austin 12 years, and yeah, I was getting a little stale. I was getting a little restless. Um, and yeah, starting to tour with you guys led to one thing, and that led to another, and it was like, okay, well, if this is going 
like this so far. Maybe LA is the next step. That's how it happens. Just one thing, one thing leads to another thing leads to another thing. It's all about who you meet yeah. along the way, right? It's that, r- really yeah. interesting how that works, isn't it? Yeah. That that might be the thing I would tell an artist, right? A new a new person. Just take be like, the opportunity. Take, yes. take the gig because that gig will lead to another gig. Say yes. That's that what happens. you told me. Yeah, and it's true, isn't it? It's totally true. The it's weird how it works. Touring guys that know other touring guys, when they're asked for a wreck, mm-hmm. are going to wreck another touring guy mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they've been on tour with. That they like to hang out with. That they thought, oh, that guy was cool and his shit was always together and his band liked him a lot. So I'll wreck him because it won't get me in the shit if he shows up and is passed out on the bus or whatever, right. you know? So, you know, we toured with with you with Kaleo and... Bishop Briggs and all kinds of bands, and those connections have led to other gigs for you. Both of those, yeah, and, and that's good. And I and I think that you represented yourself obviously well to get those extra gigs. You know, um, are you acting in L.A.? Uh, not yet. That's kind of um, been phase, phase, phase two. Phase is that what you two, said? Yeah. Phase two. Year two. Phase two. <laughs> um, why? 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 Because he was deep in the music stuff, right? Yeah, well, I, I feel like I spent the last, it's weird to say, but yeah, the last year in post-production of like this little solo record I'm going to put out. Oh, that's right. You've been putting out solo music, which yeah. is under what on online? That's just Right now, it's my full name, Scott Garrett Graham. Okay, so go check out Scott's new singles because they're badass, actually. They're really good. He's producing and mixing, and producing it all yourself. Are you yeah. mixing it too? Unfortunately, yes. Yes, producing and mixing um, <laughs> himself, and uh, it's a cool batch of songs. It reminds me of like 1989 to 1994. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's that like right, right in there, but I mean in that in a, in a respectful, good way. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very nostalgic for me. His music. It's like the Water Boys meets. Well, I don't know them. You saw the whole of the moon. You never heard that song? I don't think so, dude. You would love that song. Okay. Water Boys, You Saw the Hole of the Moon. Okay. Or it might just be called The Hole of the Moon. Don't yeah. know. It might just be called Moon. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's an incredible song that you would love. Okay. It uses 12 strings. It's very, you, you would worship that song. Sweet. Anyway, um, so. Here we go. Right? Am I wrong? Can y'all get demonetized for this? We don't care. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. Listen to his fucking vocal on this, bro. So good, dude. Check out that song. Check out that record. It's incredible. What is it? Reminds me of like, is it Black Lab? A little bit of that, yeah. Uh Anyway, um,. So you, like Nick, are also trying to be a, a solo artist. That's, mm. a, that's a goal, I'm assuming? I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I think for me it's more both the experience of learning all the Pro Tools and writing and mixing, mm. but also just to have... Just having s- something of your own. Yeah, so someone can reference if they yeah. want to look me up and be like, well, who's this guy? Oh, he's got this album. I'm not sure if anything's going to even happen, if anyone's even going to listen, but... Do you feel like as an whatever. artist these days that... You have to know Pro Tools or Ableton or... I think it's smart. Yeah. Not to say I'm smart. I'm just saying I think it's wise. Like, it's a good idea if you're trying to write and 
put yourself out Good there. Good to be multifaceted. I think that yeah. goes into the whole, one of the reasons we considered you was because like he can cover the extra keyboards. Mm. He can cover yeah. guitar. He could do multiple things if, if we needed or wanted yeah, to. Yeah, he can yeah. sing. Like you were capable of lots of things. And yeah. we need people that we can go, I don't feel like doing all of this. Yeah. Make that your thing on this song, and you mm-hmm. figure out what that is, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming it's that way on every tour. With yep. Dagny or with mm-hmm. Brown and Gray or any of them, it's cover all these It just bases. makes yourself more yeah. indispensable the more you can take on and... Yeah. Vocals for yeah. sure, I've noticed. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like if you can play an instrument, but then also sing some backup harmonies and stuff. Yeah, and sing on key. Yeah, and yeah. Find the, the third, very, very the third part baritone mm-hmm. harmony. I would also say that it's incredibly important to um, s- s- say yes, even if you don't think you can do the gig. Uh, I'm very confident that that he's done that multiple times <laughs> yeah well i know that for instance you did that on the country gig because we've talked about it and without revealing too much you had to learn how to solo like a country player do you know how to do this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep got mm-hmm. it yeah. am i right go that, was, it that night that, yeah that i think <laughs> i spent the most time learning those nashville solos right because i'm not that kind of player but you learn them and has it improved your playing in general oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so there's things in your toolbox now that weren't there before mm-hmm for sure. So I think that's important too. For we have a lot of young, like we've talked about, young listeners that are trying to break in, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's important to know that sometimes you just got to act as if, put on the suit, and go. Oh, yeah. yeah, I can do that. But sure. then, but then get to work. Well, and then shed <laughs> until you can actually <laughs> yeah. show up, being able to do it. Dude, by the way. my first gig in downtown Austin with the old band, I think we were. Someone had dropped off the bill. And was the, it your first gig? It was, yeah, I think it was my first, like, gig, gig. Right. It was definitely our, our first gig as okay. a band. But um, I think someone had dropped off the bill, and they really needed someone, another band, to jump on the, the bill. can't remember exactly. Um, and they reached out, I think, and the headliner or something, and I, I, it was probably MySpace in those days. Ooh. But they had said, um, they had said, yeah, well... Um, do you think you could, you know, pull some, do you think you can pull? Like, what, what could you pull? And I just like pulled a number out of my ass and I was like, we could probably pull like 200. <laughs> we could, we could probably, we could, we could probably pull like. You said 200. Well, I don't remember exactly what number I pulled Oops. from my ass. It made, it might've been a hundred or something, but I was like, we could definitely put a hundred <laughs> in that room. Yeah. Even Yeah. 50. No, no, I know. I was like, we could definitely put like a hundred in that room. We could definitely have it. First gig ever. Oh my God. What did you pull? I have no idea. Five. Yeah. Was there people there? <laughs> yeah, there were there were people there. We I think we called mm. in all the favors and we were like, Mom, Dad. All of our friends yeah, came. Whoever, right. All of our friends came. There were people in the room and I oh my god, I was so nervous. But yeah, that's what I did to get my first gig. I again I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with going, um, you're Confident in programming in Ableton, right? And you just go, yep. Mm-hmm. And then you just download you every Googling. YouTube video and you figure it out. <laughs> That's literally what happened with the Dagny gig. Right. Um, they asked you if you could do synths. They're right? like, is he good with programming synths? And I think Nick was referencing me. And he was like, oh, yeah, he's got that. And <laughs> so when Nick lied for you. <laughs> yeah. So then I had the conversation with the MD and he asked me the same thing. And I was instantly like started sweating. And I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah absolutely. I'll match those sounds. Instantly got off the phone and called my, I, I don't even know who I called. I, uh, I think it was my friend Taylor Bartholomew because uh-huh. I know he's like a synth, synth guy, genius. Right. <laughs> and he's like, okay, download Serum, 
And then I think at one point we were like FaceTiming and I was just like pointing the, yeah. the camera at the screen and he was telling me what to turn yeah. to get the sound. Because I had never looked. But again, now you've learned that synthesis. Now I know. You know, and that again, all those things are just like such great things to have in your toolbox. Yeah. You know, because you can do a modern gig, a country gig, a folk gig, an acoustic gig. Electro pop. Yeah, whatever the fuck. That's coming up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, whatever calls you get, you can do. Um, we're getting close to the end here. What, um, what words of wisdom do you have for us, for the world, for young players, for young writers? What do you got? Well, for the world, uh, I would say maybe like if we had a call back to sanity and logic and reason, Mm -hmm. and if everyone could fucking keep their cool a little bit and not get so triggered and offended by everything. Yeah, let's be nice. Let's just be nice. Not take everything so seriously. Can have a sense of humor. You can shit on people a little bit, but like, just let's be cool. Let's be fun. Mm. Be nice and be kind. Artists, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, just be open to kind of, I mean, if you're trying to be a touring artist or be whatever, um, just be open to all kinds of music. I mean, just listen to everything. Um, whether you think you can pull it off or not, just try. I don't know. You never know. I guess guess you just never know what you're capable of. Try. Just try. Try. And if you fail, then you get fired and you just move on. Yep. Maybe you'll cry a little bit. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. You learn something in that too. (laughs) Be good for you. I think you learn something when you get fired too though, right? Not that I... Or get close. Or get close to, yeah. I had a couple moments with this one group. Sure. Woo! But yeah, you learn and you're like, oh yeah, I... Maybe I took it too far. Maybe I know that manager took it too far. No, I know it. Now I know what to look for. Um, you know what your role is, what your place is. Yeah, because totally. there's definitely a hierarchy in those touring gigs. For sure. Where you're allowed to say shit or not. Right. You can always walk away from a gig if you're uncomfortable. But it's also dangerous when you get really close to an artist and you become friends and you start saying, you know, you take the filter off and you start saying your mind and you're like, oh shit, I shouldn't have said that. Right. I think, and that's actually, let's stop and talk about that for a second, because that's incredibly true. I think your relationship with Patty and I is very unique in that we are friends, genuinely. Mm. We are brothers and friends and brothers and sisters. But most of your touring relationships will not be that way. And you can't treat them that way. You can be friendly, Mm -hmm. but that's your boss. Mm -hmm. And it's a business and you have to still treat them like your boss, even that you do with Patty and I, but there's a little more leeway. I, with a lot of touring bands, there's not. Mm. And you're right. you got to be real careful what you say outside of the Bumble Twins in a gig. Yeah. You don't know what's going to reach back to the people you're talking shit about or angry at. Right. Right? Totally. I wanted to interject that because that's important. Yeah. That's a good thing to talk about. Do you agree with that, Patty? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. So... Um, I think the music community, though large, is pretty small. Like yeah, it every, is. people know each other, people talk. People that are gets, actually out there doing it. Word gets yes, and word gets around fast. Your name your name comes up, and one person has, you know, a bad experience with you. It's probably going to come up. Yeah, and I will say that I've I get calls still, you know, about would you recommend this guy? People I've known or toured mm-hmm. with. For this gig, and and I'm pretty honest with people. I'm like, no. Mm. And they ask me why, and I usually go, I don't really want to say, but it's it's 
that's the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. And that's because I've had is I've seen a bad experience with them or I've heard mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, your reputation gets around in this biz real fast. Yeah. Yep. Real fast. Um, so what's next for you, Scott? What's coming up? Where can people find you on the socials? Where can they find your music? What's next for you? All that shit. Have you released a full album? No. No, not, not yet. So I have those three singles out. Okay. Um, I have seven that are about to be shipped off for mastering. Okay. So I'll add the three and then make a 10-song yeah. album. Awesome. But there's three weird. new original songs people can listen to on mm-hmm. iTunes. On iTunes. Uh, under my name, Scott Garrett Graham. Okay. It's the same with my Instagram handle. Is it on Spotify, too? It's on everything, yeah. On okay. all the things. Um. Next, I think, aside from trying to dabble into acting, um, I also have this play musical that I wrote with a buddy of mine. And Which we've read, and it's incredible. It's really What's good. it called again? The Notes Between. The Notes Between. Yeah. When did you finish writing that? It's still. Still, still in still rewrites. It's, huh? Okay, well, okay. Still, it's all, it's, <laughs> it's a work n- in progress. This rough draft was done two years ago, though. Uh, yeah, more or less, yeah. Well, and then it was like maybe roughly a year ago when we read it, maybe longer. I think it was two years ago. Almost two years ago. Yeah. So right when you were finished with the draft. That was our... We read it on tour in the van. Yeah. yeah we were still in the van. That was pre-bus. So that's I, at least you were driving, Dwight. I read a part. You read a part. And Nick. And Nick read a part. Mm-hmm. And Nick was playing the part of a girl, which interestingly enough, is now written for a gay man. Correct. Because it was so great, it him was, being a girl. It was just like, wait a minute, this should be a gay guy. And yeah, Nick committed Oh fully. my God. It it's, was, and now it's so much better. It's perfect, yes. That that role is a gay guy. Yep. I love it. I love it. I it love gets, it. And it's, it's funny, we didn't really have to change Anything. the attitude yeah. at all. But not just, not just a gay man, an effeminate gay man. Yeah, yeah, very effeminate yeah. gay man. That's what he was, that's essentially what Nick was doing when he was, he was playing the role a of a woman. woman. Yeah. yeah, and it was like, wait a minute. It's, uh, it, it was so, so funny. Much it was so yeah. good. Yeah. We so, read the entire play, and mm. every time there was a music part in the play, we would stop and plug in your computer and, and listen play to the, song. the song. It was incredible. That was one of my best experiences that was awesome. ever in a tour van. That was awesome. So are you hoping to get that produced, I'm assuming? Uh, that's the goal, yeah. We have a couple minor things we're going to add. I mean, do that, that script's going to keep changing until it's literally on the stage. So you can't, yeah. right. Right. But um, yeah, I think the goal is, I mean, now that I'm in L.A., we'll probably do some read-throughs. Mm-hmm. out there with maybe some local actors. It um, is so creative. I really love the whole idea of it oh, and great. the plot. And I yeah, think it's, it's, great. it's really, really we good. We wish you luck with that. I can't Thank wait. You. What's next on the touring agenda? Uh, yeah, we have a few artists out in L.A. we're working with. You and um, Nick. Me and Nick. Okay. Um, yeah, because you guys are a package deal. <laughs> Bumble, t- Bumble still, Twins activate. Still, Drums still and killing guitar it, huh? and Bumble keys. Twins activate. <laughs> what you need. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a couple, couple different girl artists, Hill and this artist named Cray. Um, still a little bit of the country stuff going on here and there. Um, yeah. Just, and you, of course, hope to be with us again if we ever bother to do an American tour. <laughs> or a European, just full band. To be yeah. determined. Yeah. <laughs> TBD. 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 <laughs> Patty, do you have anything else to ask our good friend Scott Garrett Graham? Well, we've been chatting all day because... We well, anything that the together. people should know that you've had interesting chats about or... Or was that mostly um, private? It wasn't private. We've just been like chit chatting all day. Um, I'm glad that you're here physically. Yes, it's physically great here. to see you. It is really good to see you. I we will say it's you. This would have been, been all, a, It's been great yeah. to be back here. It would have yeah. been a call in, but he's actually physically here yeah, on the couch with me, and it's awesome. We have yeah. missed you. Um, Vice versa. I'm taken into the airport right after this. Uh, he's a jet setter. I That's know. what he does. Heading to L.A. 
couple I know, hours. I had to I had to snag him. You know, I had to snag him. Get him in here. Good real job. Quick. Well I done, Patty. Good I did booking it. of the guests. Yeah. Continue to do that. You should take that over too. No. Okay. <laughs> so as per usual, we're gonna have our good friend Patricia Drew take <laughs> Patricia Lynn <laughs> Manchester Drew the third take us out. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to the th- Dirty 30 episode Dirty of 30. The Dwight and Patty Show. Email us if you want to at thedwightandpattyshow at gmail.com. And we will get to all those emails in the next, next week. Yeah, in the next episode, in the next couple episodes, we'll, do, we'll dive into all your emails and all your questions, so get them in now. Um... Follow us on Instagram at the Dwight and Patty Show, where our Patreon is linked. Did you know that you can support us on Patreon? Do you know what Patreon is? Okay. Patreon is this thing where you can go online and support different projects that you love with money, dinero, that you want to see continue to happen and grow, um, like this podcast. So check it out. And, uh, oh, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, but um, iTunes is probably best. So even if it's just like a, hey, Dwight and Patty are awesome, it literally doesn't have to be more than that. Just make sure it's five stars because if it's four, Dwight will talk really badly about it. I'll have some updates on that next week. Oh, shit. Okay. Anyway, uh, that's it, I think. Um, Thanks for uh, hanging with us, Scott. Thanks for for bringing the shard. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. I love you. Totally. Let me say this, Patty. Mm-hmm. You're getting to be really good at that. Really? I'm gonna. You sound oh. like a genuine host. See you next time. I'll keep working. It's the Dwight and Patty Show. The Dwight and Patty Show. It's the Dwight and.